0: Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck?
0: Oh, so good. So good. Not
1: guilty. Not guilty
0: today. That's how I'm feeling.
1: Just so everyone knows that is, that is not the jury coming back with a verdict. That's Chuck's speculation. Let's go ahead and get some trial speculation out of the way. What do you think they're going to come back? What do you actually think they're going to come back with?
0: What's my speculation on what they're going to come back with? Not like Um, what they
1: should come back with or anything like that. What do you think they're going to come back with?
0: Watching what I've seen of the trial. I do think they're going to come back with not guilty. Okay. On everything i am thinking they're going to come back with self-defense which yeah. means it negates all the charges. I I so, agree.
1: We were just talk, talking about that earlier that uh if if they decide that it was self-defense then all the charges are are gone after that. It doesn't matter if it was first I mean, degree, even, second degree, if it's self-defense then none of that stuff matters.
0: Even watching the, you know, closing arguments yesterday from the prosecution when they, you know, introduced the latest doctored video on on <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. You know, and they were trying to show the drone, drone footage of how far away. A couple days ago. Of how yeah. far away it was. And I'm, it was like four feet. Not from Kyle, from the end of the barrel. Yeah. So he's four and a half feet away. <laughs> or I guess I'd make him five feet or whatever when he first shot. But it's like. And they were trying to argue about how he had all this open space to go to. It's like, well, no, because he ran away from him through that open space. Mm -hmm. And then in between all these cars and the guy caught up to him. It's So the arguments they're trying to make, I just don't, you know, I'm trying not to be biased. I'm trying to think like if I were a juror, just a middle of the road, you know, cheese curd living Wisconsin. (laughs) If I was from Kenosha, you know? Yeah. They kind of talk a little bit like Minnesotans there. They sound like, uh, might as
1: well be Canadians once you get up to that accent up there. Exactly.
0: Once you get into that temperature zone, (laughs) then...
1: I think if they come back, if they say they've reached a verdict today, then we're at not guilty. If it's tomorrow morning, I think we're at not guilty. Uh, We go further in to later tomorrow and into Thursday. Then we're looking at them trying to argue between first and second degree, and things like that, mm-hmm. because if the fastest thing you want back, if you're the defense, you want to come back really fast because if they say this was self-defense, then they don't need to argue about the other charges. If it's self-defense, then he was okay with with what he did. Obviously, that's what I think it should be. I actually feel like they're going to find him guilty on something like second degree. That's, that's where I'm preparing for it to go. And I don't know if that's because I think people... I don't know if it's possible for people to remove the, the biased idea that he shouldn't have been there in the first place idea, which should not be an issue in the trial. That part doesn't matter. But I think what people go back to is, well, should he have ever gone there? In the first place, and I know they're not supposed to consider it, but I think they will. And I think a lot of people, their their very first thing they're going to think is he should not have gone there. Even people like you say that they shouldn't have gone there. you know, And when they think he shouldn't have gone there, then they think, well, none of this wouldn't none of this would have happened if he just would have let the people protest mostly peacefully, you know, and the, and nothing bad would have happened. And so I think that they're going i I worry about that part. Uh, removing the self-defense side. So, I, you know, you guys all know what we think about the trial. I just think it would be good to take the opposite stance of what you said. That way one of us could play a clip of us being right about how it was going (laughs) to come back. I think that that's the best way to do it. But a big thing happened yesterday. So what we talked about a bunch of times. Tell everyone about the judge dropping the gun charges. That was a pretty big deal.
0: The possession, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, from AP, from the AP, Uh, Under Wisconsin law, anyone under 18 who possesses a dangerous weapon is guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by up to nine months behind bars. Rittenhouse's attorney seized on a subsection of the Wisconsin law that states the ban on minors possessing dangerous weapons applies to minors armed with rifles or shotguns only if those weapons are short barreled, Mm. meaning they have to be less than 16 inches. Kenosha defense attorney Michael uh, is it? Chichini Chichini said the law was likely intended to prevent youths from carrying sawed-off shotguns. Rittenhouse's AR-15 style rifle was not short-barreled. By the way, that was evidenced by the fact that the prosecution never submitted any evidence whatsoever that it was short-barreled. In fact, the judge even gave him an opportunity to measure it Mm -hmm. in the courtroom.
1: Well, So they knew the whole time that if they measured it, if they brought up this that it wasn't going to go well for them. They were still trying to go with it up until yesterday. They were still just trying to go with it. And they knew that if they measured it, that it was going to end up being exempted in the law. Mm -hmm. And that's just, everyone needs to realize what these dirty-ass prosecutors do all the time. That's all they they want to do is win at all costs. Mm -hmm. They knew that once they actually looked at the law, that it was not going to apply to this circumstance. And also, by the way, I've been I've heard this entire time. We've even said it before, because I didn't read the whole Wisconsin law. Um we've even said it before that he was at least gonna be found guilty on that, that he was illegally carrying a weapon in Wisconsin, he was violating Wisconsin state law by being a minor carrying the weapon. I tell you what, if he's found not guilty, he's quickly gonna become one of the richest people in America. <laughs>
0: you think he so? Will.
1: I think he's gonna sue the i think all the way up to suing biden himself for all the <laughs> for all the defamation cuz his parents actually named out joe biden and said that he had, that he had defamed him uh, during the election campaign they put out a commercial saying that um they put out a commercial uh, naming uh, the george floyd thing talking about the white supremacists in charlottesville stuff like that and then also played in this clip of Kyle Rittenhouse at the same time. So they've, you know, they've obviously been labeling him a white supremacist the whole time. The uh that Covington Catholic School uh, the kid who uh, sued over that, he got like $250 million. Nice. So um, it's going to be a lot. Somebody
0: needs to defame it, me. It's going to be, oh, wait, someone, <laughs> Costco just posted this.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. the Covington Catholic School. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I got $250 million from the media for defamation lawsuits. a uh, picture of Kyle Rittenhouse saying, hold my beer. It's going to be a lot if he's found not guilty. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot. Sorry, I, that was all inside of this article still. That's
0: fine. Ticini, who is not involved in the case, said legal doctrine demands that when statutes aren't clear, they must read in favor of the defense. Quote, this is this is the price the government must pay when it is incapable of drafting clear laws. Ticini wrote in an article discussing the doctrine. And so that's a very important distinction of the statute that we didn't know about Mm-mm. Wisconsin law. I don't I don't even know it about Tennessee law. I haven't read it Um I'm not a minor, so I'm not a minor. You know. i'm I'm above the age of twenty one, so I know legally across the United States, except for maybe California and New York, I can buy any gun I want, just about.
1: You'll have issues when you go to Illinois to Illinois to too, do that. Yeah. they'll allow you they'll allow it if you're in from a state that borders Illinois. It's like one of the dumbest things. like, oh, we're real strict about our gun laws unless you're from a state that borders Illinois, then you can buy like ammo. If I try to go somewhere and buy ammo. They look at your ID and they see that you're from Tennessee. And they're like, oh, we can't sell it to you because you got to be at least from Kentucky. Yeah. Like, like that matters. Well, what does that have to do with? They like, want people uh, to drive across
0: state lines and buy it in Illinois. <laughs>
1: it's just, what does that have to do with like, keeping people safe, if that's the principle behind your, behind your law? Oh, it can't be someone from a state that doesn't border Illinois. It's
0: not about keeping people safe. <laughs> that's the thing.
1: Um, important thing you read there. When the statutes aren't clear, they must read in favor of the defense. That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that little precedent. I like that principle right there. Every trial should be biased towards the defense.
0: Except when you're arguing in front of the Supreme Court and they just make up what the words were supposed to mean. And they can say whatever they want. Mm. Yeah, it's I got gotcha. you. the only time that that doesn't work. Uh, so, Speaking of the healthcare law, that was challenged several times.
1: They can change the definition of things whenever mm, they want yes. to. Yes. Um, since the, they can
0: tell you what the Congress was intending to do mm-hmm. rather than being like, Oh yeah, this was written poorly. You guys need to rewrite this,
1: which it's, sometimes I want them to go off what the intent is. Like when they think about what the founding fathers meant in the constitution, if it wasn't written down word for word, what was the intent? But then, oh, you know, that gets a little hairy when you're reading intent and the stuff that was just passed, like last year, you could just talk to people. Hey, what was your intent? Yep. You know, just ask them that, um, it's going to jury. It's at the. It's the jury is out right now. We don't know what it's going to come back with. We will see. Um, I wanted to just say a couple little thoughts I had about the case, and we'll obviously talk about it a lot more, especially if he's found guilty. But to me, you know, removing the whole situation and any of those, any of those initial thoughts about whether or not he should have put himself in that position. This still, to me, comes down to a case that's about rights. It's about property rights. It's about uh, physical property. It's about your right to self-ownership. Uh, when I, I try to figure out how people, people somehow have decided that when you're out there, say, protesting police brutality or something like that, and even if you're rioting, burning things down or destroying property, that you somehow have a right to to be safe in doing that, you know, that people should just let you go and burn things down and let you go and steal stuff. Now, maybe the police have decided that that was the principle during that time by not stopping people, but you don't really have the right to go do that. Now, that doesn't mean people can just come out there and kill you. You can't just go out there with a gun and start killing people that are burning stuff down or anything. You can go out there, though, and... Try to deter people by standing in front of a building with a gun. And if they're going to try to come through it and burn it down, then they have to go through you and you're going to be in danger at that time. They're going to be breaking the law. And so there's this, there's, there's obviously this threat of force when you go out there and you stand out there in front of a building with a gun. And I think that that is okay because when you look at who's really the blame in the scenario It's the people who were going out there and trying to destroy things, and it doesn't matter what they were doing it for. But if you're talking about it from the left, it does matter what you're doing it for. Like if people were out there rioting and burning because they were mad about vaccine mandates, something like that, do you think anyone would be arguing that that they should just be able to keep burning things down and stealing stuff because they're mad about vaccine mandates? No, they wouldn't think that. In fact, if someone, if this were all completely flipped around uh, and someone went out there to try and protect property from a bunch of vaccine mandate protesters or rioters, I think that this entire situation would be flipped around, even from people on the right, by the way. Maybe even Fox News would be arguing about how, though, they were just protesting vaccine mandates. I don't know. I don't know if they would. Just speculating. I mean, it's possible, given
0: our current state of political nature in the United States.
1: Yeah, that's true
0: yeah. um, to me. But what you said, what you, what you said, it all boils down to property rights, right? Mm-hmm. There are three main principles that we live by that we, that we stand by, that we advocate for and promote, which are life, liberty, and property. And those three fundamental natural rights that you have, um, are inherent to who you are as a person. And regardless, now I say, I don't think he should have been there. And I mean that in a way of, I would be really pissed off if my son went there and did this. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't encourage anyone to go somewhere. Um, I wouldn't encourage someone I love to go somewhere and defend something that wasn't theirs. Um, unless there was a really good reason, um, like, I think he was called. I, that was a testimony he gave. I I don't know the answer for that. Um, but I wouldn't encourage someone to go look for trouble. I want to make sure I separate those. It's never a good idea to go look for trouble and try to be the hero. Um, unless, unless there are opportunities where,
1: um, to me, it's about whether or not you could actually make a change in the situation. Like, if you're just going to go there on your own. Well,
0: there there might be a time where you do have to defend your rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'm not saying that it's never okay because, you know, there there might be a time where the right of the people to alter or abolish the government comes. Mm. As Thomas Jefferson laid out in the Declaration of Independence, not my words. Not my words, his. Yeah. You're just repeating words of someone else's. you repeating else said, yeah. old TJ. Mm hmm. You know, he's an old, old man who's dead. He's been dead for a long time. Super dead. And I know he was a racist, but... Super, both true. Dead and racist. Yes. But, <laughs> so I'm not saying that it's never okay. I'm just saying, it, in my view, and this is my personal opinion, you can tack me for it all you want. Nate at US <laughs> Is that it's not time for that yet. Yeah. And... What? And, it, and an unfortunate situation happened where he's not in the wrong, technically, for what he did, but it'd be one of those where I'd be like, damn it, son. Yeah. Why did you go? To me, the question is, like, was it worth it? What were
1: you going to change Don't by doing this? Don't put yourself in like, that
0: situation.
1: Unless you were going to take a standing army or you're going to take 20 or 30 people and you're going to be such a force that no one's going to mess with you at all. And you can literally change... The situation on the ground by going there and protecting this whole block because everyone was there and no one would dare try to call like it what they did at the Bundy Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like right. That. And and so then it would make more sense. Now, him going and doing this, uh, he was also carrying out, carrying around a fire extinguisher, trying to follow people around, putting fires out. I think a lot of the reason he had a gun with him is because he was going around doing that and he wanted to be safe while he was doing it. And so and yeah, kind of what what um. What Jeff just said, we do need, to me, we do need more people like them. And a lot of this, there's a couple of people I would blame for this. One, this is Marxism playing itself out. First off, just let everyone know. Marxism, you don't believe in personal property rights. You don't, you don't believe in that. Okay, and that's what was playing out right here. And you see a lot in the media and people on the left because they don't have that inherent belief in personal property rights, then they cannot accept that there was any reason that he should have gone there because they should have been able to go there and burn stuff and do whatever they wanted. And you can't go there and protect property with a gun and all this stuff. The prosecutor said a bunch of dumb stuff yesterday. He said that you lose the right to self-defense once you're the one. If you're the one who brings the gun, then you lose the right to self-defense. What the actual F is this, that I'm, I know in closing arguments, they can say darn near anything they want in closing arguments. Now there were some objections yesterday during the closing arguments, but that's pretty rare. Normally you just, that's your time where you can give your speech from the pulpit there about the whole case. But when you blatantly tell the jury something that's not true as a lawyer, as the prosecutor for the state and say, as the prosecutor for the state, you say you lose your right to self-defense when you bring a gun. I, there's no way this guy can still have a job after this thing. There's just no, unless oh, they he'll win. be promoted. Yeah, that's probably true. He'll fail up. That'll, that'll fail, happen. Fail up. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've never heard that before. Failing up? Yeah. Oh, well, you must not spend enough time watching the see what people on the left do all the time. No. That's what they do. They fail up. That's the okay. thing um anyway uh, so the property rights to me that goes to a lot of marxist ideology the media has a lot to blame right now um the the jacob blake scenario even if you disagree with the fact that they shot jacob blake seven times i think in the back uh the way that it was portrayed to people and the way that it's portrayed immediately by people is that it was just this obvious racist thing that happens no one knew that the guy had a knife and they were trying to get him to get rid of that. Everyone thought that he was just this unarmed, just another unarmed black man who got shot by the police, by a, by a white racist cop. And and so people are out there burning stuff down. Just a little bit more context would be important or maybe don't immediately go out there and start talking about how this is just another example of systemic racism, that there could be a little bit more nuance to the story and that there is a possibility that that was a justified shoot because he did have a weapon and he wasn't putting it down now we talked about it several times seven times in the back uh or someone with a knife you know seemed excessive not saying that they shouldn't have shot him once or something like that but when you're doing that when you're doing that job you're taught to take to shoot until the threat's gone you know so that's so that's what they do you shoot till they hit the ground and and so there needs to be a little bit of nuance right there the other thing is. The police and overall the governments around the country in these cities just allowing people to come out there and blatantly violate our laws, which are people taking away people's property rights and just watch it happen and hardly try to do anything about it is another thing to blame. Because while I say we need more Kyle Rittenhouses out there, I'm only saying that because the cops aren't doing their damn job. And he shouldn't have needed to go out there in the first place. One, the people shouldn't have been out there protesting. Two, they should have been met with more police presence when they were out there doing that. And you shouldn't be allowed to just burn whole city blocks without any resistance while you're doing it. And so I there's a lot of Peterson. people to blame and they're not all they're not Kyle Rittenhouse.
0: I saw Austin Peterson put out some it was some kind of quote. Um I don't know if he said it or somebody else said it, but um something I, you know, found it was like a a calling to my heart, I guess really pulled on my (laughs) heart. Really spoke to you, really spoke to me, which I'm going to paraphrase it. It said something to the essence of when the government abdicates its responsibility to protect and serve, it is the obligation of good men to fill that role. Um, Referring to Kyle Rittenhouse. And so, you know, I hate it for him that he's in this situation. I don't think what he did was wrong. I think it's completely self-defense I don't like what's happening, obviously, uh, to the country and how divided everyone is. And you know, we started that whole rehumanizing project just to figure out, you know, what what the hell's going on? What's at the bottom of all this? Which we had a hard time
1: getting people on the left to actually come and talk on on that. We We did twenty five episodes. I think we had two people that had left leaning ideas that agreed to come talk, and we knew one of them.
0: Right. And so you know, it's a very It's a, it's, it's a sad situation all all around because we're against death. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we wanted these people to die, but at the same time, if you, you were absolutely within your right to protect yourself. If you, if you fear imminent danger.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's clearly the case right here. And I, um, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good regardless. If he's found not guilty, there's going to be riots and more cities burning, and probably a lot of people getting hurt as a result to that. And there might be more Kyle Rittenhouses that go out there too. And there's a little bit of precedent, precedent mm-hmm. on on what they're doing. If he's found guilty... And there's precedent on it too. There's but. precedent too. Both of those things. If he's found guilty, then that's not good either, because he shouldn't be found guilty. And I think that there would be some bias, maybe some political bias, uh, that would come into a, a guilty verdict on this. So anyway... We will see what they come back with. I hope hope it's soon. Hopefully we get to talk about that soon. All right, on to the next thing. St. Paul, Minnesota. This is from Brad Palumbo over at Fee. Um, We'll go a little bit into what he said. The link will be in the show notes and also listen to Brad's podcast, Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo. I think he had Rand Paul on there today. And so go listen to that. I saw him post about that yesterday anyway. St. Paul just implemented the nation's strictest rent control law, and it's already backfiring tremendously. (laughs) St. Paul, Minnesota just approved a rent control measure that will limit landlords' ability to increase rents on its 65,000 rental properties, 65,000 plus. They will not be able to increase prices by more than 3% each year under the new law. Controversially, the initiative does not account for inflation and applies to new construction, not just existing properties. This makes the St. Paul rent control measure one of the strictest in the U.S., if not the world. It is uncommon that they are blatantly not going to take inflation into account. Look at a year like this, 6%. They're only allowed to raise prices by 3%, and they're not going to take the inflation rate into account. Charlie, I will ask you, you were just talking to me earlier about rental properties. If this were the case here in Nashville or in Tennessee... Would you still want to get some rental properties? Not here. Yeah, not
0: now. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm I'm not just picking on rental properties.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Opponents pointed out that a supermajority of economists, 81% for that's not as much as climate change, but 81% per one survey oppose rent control because of its long-run consequences. Yes, some renters. Save money in the short term by enjoying the artificially low rents, but the res- restricted prices limit future construction and housing supply, which ultimately leads to a housing shortage and less affordable housing in the long run. We're dealing as well as
0: poorly maintained dwellings.
1: Mm-hmm. We are dealing with a housing shortage right now. People have not built as many houses or, as necessary uh, due to all the constraints with different elements of the supply. Wood got super expensive too. And had a hard time getting the materials. We're just not keeping up. Everything, everything got Shingles, more expensive. Yeah. nails. Yeah. Every single labor. little part got expensive. So in St. Paul, these consequences are already starting to materialize. Less than 24 hours after St. Paul voters approved one of the country's most stringent rent control policies, developers were calling to tell the city's director of planning and economic development that they were placing projects on hold, putting hundreds of new housing units at risk. We, this is a quote, we like everybody else and re-evalu- are reevaluating what, if any, future business activity we'll be doing in St. Paul, a major developer said. Another major developer has already pulled plans for three new buildings, according to the Pioneer Press.
0: Hmm. So this is. Um, this is a classic case of play stupid games, win stupid <laughs> yeah. prizes. And it's, uh, it's such a typical thing that,
1: that people always do. You make these rules that end up restricting the
0: supply. And you know... No, No, it's not just that. No, no, no. See, all these people, they just assume that people are just going to keep building. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, why would they stop building buildings? I just can't imagine why they would just stop. Of course, they're going to be building buildings. Of course, there's going to be a 1%. What do you mean they're going to leave? That would never happen. They never take... No matter how many times you tell them, they can't understand the concept that... When the deal is sideways, they're going to back out. Mm -hmm. They can go go somewhere else. They'll go somewhere else where they're welcome.
1: Yeah. That's why we need national rent control laws, Charlie. And then that'll fix all the problems. But then what people fail to realize there is that because that's worked out well yeah yeah um what people think is well we'll just have a national rent control law like that's what people would automatically go to because when we say well the builders will just go somewhere else the money's just going to go somewhere else so people say well we got to stop that too we got to just do a national law but the thing is people that are investing money don't only have one thing to invest their money in they're going to
0: move their investment. they'll move their
1: investment to something else that that they can actually make a return off of. So someone like Charlie, who's thinking about how we can have this nice income coming in from rental properties can say, well, I don't have to put the money in the rental properties. Maybe it'll be something else that I'll put my money into that they're not restricting all the uh, all the prices on. And then it ends up leading to the housing shortages, which then in turn makes the price go up a lot because there's a shortage of housing. And then Maybe the government comes in to fix the problem afterwards by subsidizing housing costs and putting money towards building housing and things like that with your money. Still, they're still just going to take it and use it to build the houses. So it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If you want the prices to go down on housing, don't restrict the people that are building the supply of housing. Take all the restrictions away from the people that are building the supply. You get way too much supply and the prices end up coming down. Okay. Okay. You know, want to get way too much where there's a massive bubble and it pops, and all the people go out of business. But you want to let the market actually take care of this. Let the supply come up, and that way they know that they can't just they can't just charge two hundred thousand more than what they were last month because there's no other places you can go to buy a house or to go rent somewhere, or they can't charge five thousand dollars a month when they were charging two thousand the previous month because you have no other options. You want people to have the most amount of options possible when the people have the most amount of options possible, it's better for all the consumers out there. So anyhow,
0: that's annoying. That's that's so annoying. I think, uh, I think they're going to learn their lesson. I kind of like how it happened basically immediately though. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as they put it into place.
1: And it said the voters approved when I don't, I don't know if this happened last week or the week before, whenever the the votes were going on, I guess Minnesota had some votes too, because some of that community policing stuff was in, um, some of their votes. So, um, of course, the voters want this, you know, oh, hey, I'm just going to have a fixed price for my rental unit that I'm paying for. yeah, that yeah, sounds great.
0: no, but they That's don't awesome. ever think of the consequences, and most people don't. I was you know I was having a conversation the other day where you know most people they're bored by the economics,, mm-hmm. and so they don't think about any of the consequences. The yesterday's episode was about unintended or you could argue intended consequences of all of these economic policies that get instituted it's because no one wants to actually dig into what will happen if i make this decision you know it's just whatever sounds good on the surface it's nothing's thought through
1: it's never about the long-term consequences either no even with the energy stuff we were talking about yesterday no one thinks no one ever thinks about like two, three, four, five, ten stages down the road. They just think, "Here's what we'll do: um, we'll put money towards the clean energy, or we'll we'll uh, make it too expensive that to fossil fuel energy. We'll have the clean energy. We won't have the fossil fuel anymore. Everything's gonna be fine." They never think like, "Okay, well, what if this happens? Or what what incentives is this going to create after that? And then what incentives do those incentives create?" They never think that many stages down the line. It's always,
0: oh, just this do feels it, good. They just do what Russia just did, and they just shoot the satellite yeah, with just a missile. Knock it out of the sky. Regardless of how many floating debris are running around going to hit their own cosmonauts in the International Space Station. They don't care. They wanted to test firing mm-hmm. a missile at a satellite. No. So they did. And you don't
1: think about all the pieces that are flying around afterwards. Exactly. Where they're going to go.
0: That's good. That's a great and. Great analogy. Not I only like it. not only could they hit you today, but they could hit you ten years from now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So when you're out there, just you know, hammering a uh, hammering, twisting a <laughs> twisting a loose bolt, turning your screwdriver <laughs> when you're out there, just turning loose bolts there on the International Space Station, walking around in your spacesuit. Look at me, oh, I'm an astronaut spacesuit. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> right in the face. They gonna come hit you out of nowhere. Yep. All right. Next up is one we didn't get to yesterday, which is, you know, this is this has some serious implications, folks. It's all of about- it. And, and I don't think the United States is too far behind trying to do the same thing because Mm-mm. they're going to see this and be like, ooh, mm-hmm. get my hands on some quiche. All right. The EU court upholds a $2.8 billion fine against Google for advertising 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 question mark question mark this is from fee the EU's second highest court ruled against Google last week after the company appealed a 2.8 billion dollar fine from an antitrust case in 2017 quote the ruling comes after the European Commission said in 2017 that Google had favored its own comparison shopping services and fined the company 2.42 billion euros which is about 2.8 billion dollars for breaching antitrust rules. Yeah. So what was Google's crime? Promoting Google on Google. Mm, I I see. I'm surprised there wasn't 5 billion. They were promoting Google on Google, not Facebook. <laughs> yeah, not Microsoft. They're promoting Google on Google.
1: Yeah, well, that's clearly clearly wrong. I don't even, you know, I don't see why people are upset about it. And by the way, people, I'm not upset like I don't feel bad for Google right now. Like I don't care. I don't like Google. It's not my favorite thing. I use duck.go for everything. Okay? Um, you know, we use YouTube and they're tyrannical obviously. Don't take our video down for saying that. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> they're they're great people. Fine people on all sides of this. But this is all about logic, rationality, property rights, things like that. Like you can remove what you feel about Google from the situation and just say, as a business, when people come to your business and ask, hey, how can I do this? Should you first recommend to them that you do this?
0: You know? like No, I, you should honestly, you know, if I put signs in my yard, it's my yard. Mm-hmm. But the, I should do it fairly. Yeah, I should. You know, if, if I'm running for governor, I should make sure that everyone else's face is before mine in my own yard because that's the only fair way to do it. Yeah. Why would I promote myself when in, I go on my own
1: yard? When I go to YouTube and I search, um, email. Good morning, Liberty. I go to YouTube and I search that. Google uh, YouTube should obviously show me a bunch of uh, Vimeo videos. That's what they should do. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that make sense? No, because I was going to freaking YouTube to do it. You know, when you go to McDonald's, you get on your McDonald's app. Everyone got that McDonald's app on your phone. They only show you McDonald's menu items on that app. That's so frustrating. That's very frustrating. And so when you type cheeseburger into the app, they didn't let me know that Burger King and Hardee's both have cheeseburgers too. A lot of other people.
0: When I was on their app, this
1: is egregious.
0: It is. Mhm. In a press release, the general court noted that, quote, by favorite, favoring its own comparison shopping service on its general results page through more favorable display and positioning while regulating the results from competing comparison services in those pages by means of ranking algorithms, Google departed from competition on the merits. Of course they did. <laughs> They're not arguing that they didn't do that. I don't think Google's ever argued that they don't do that. They blatantly do that. (laughs) This this is what I'm doing. That's what the whole company's built off of. The service called Google Shopping allows users to compare products and prices from online retailers. Through competitive, uh, though competing services were still featured on Google's results page, Google had been promoting its own service, with more favorable positioning. Oh, you know, when I went to the, uh, Jack Daniels distillery and the Jack Daniels was all on the top shelf and the middle shelf at eye level, I found it unfair that they kept Jim beam in the back corner in a locked room that you couldn't get to. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, but that was unacceptable for regulators. Just unacceptable. In their view, Google was abusing its monopoly power to the detriment of consumers. While still featuring <laughs> other people. They still put it on there. They're abusing their monopol their monopoly. That's the thing nowadays. Words have no meaning. You can just say it. You it, just say it and it's true. And most people will agree with it. That's the problem.
1: Most people, left and right, this is will agree with it. So ridiculous. I know.
0: I know. So I would be so I will be so mad one day when they do this to me. There you go. See, I'm manifesting. That's the way to think about it. around. Okay. One last thing here. Now, I, I don't see... This is where I also get really frustrated. I don't see, unless there's some kind of backdoor play, how Google's not so angry about this that they just don't support people who implement these kind of policies.
1: It's still better for them to have the regulations long-term for other, for other businesses. You know, it's still, still better for them. I think overall, yeah, they, even if they lose money on one service, it's still better for the company as a whole to get all of that. The only way you could ever make a case for this were, I mean, if you consider Google's search engine to be like a separate business, a separate entity, Or like it's supposed to follow different rules because people are technically searching. Like if I go on there and I search directions to Charlie's house, and is Google not supposed to show up with Google Maps right there on the front of it? Is it supposed to act independently of other services that it offers? I don't think they ever said that that's what they do. I don't think that's been part of the advertisement. I think we're pretty used to seeing that. It's just... Like I said, I hate sitting here trying to defend Google when they're probably not going to defend themselves. Oh, they, they did go to court, so they did try to defend themselves. But I hate to sit here and try to defend a terrible company like Google. But this is not about defending Google. It's about defending property rights and logic and rationality and being against antitrust cases. I'm, I, I haven't found any that I agree with yet. So, Not even the Microsoft one in, no. in the 90s? this is like, this is like that. I I see no reason why Microsoft should have been forced to put uh, Netscape on Windows or whatever the media player was instead of Windows media player. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't see why Apple should be forced to put uh, different things on their app store that they don't want to. I don't know. It's their app store. You know, that's your phone. You can go to you can go to different sites, and there's ways to download apps to your phone that aren't coming through the app store. But it is—it is their app store. It was Microsoft. It was Windows computer and their operating system. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. So it, it doesn't make sense. Someone had to explain that to me sometime. It is, it's
0: not supposed to. It's not supposed
1: to make sense. Is that your Joe Biden whisper?
0: That's my Joe Biden whisper. I like to refer to it more as the Clinton whisper. Mm, Okay. It does not have to make sense. That's pretty good.
1: I like it. Okay. China and CNN here, CNN's finally found something that makes them worry about government power. Mm. It's about freaking time. Now it's an annoying thing. It's a disgusting thing, but it's, this is also annoying. The killing. It's the new tactic we're going to use. It is. This is our new, this is the libertarian tactic. We need to talk to the people That we know in the party and talk to them about this whole animal thing, because this is what gets people worked up. The killing of a corgi shows how government power has grown unchecked in China in the name of COVID prevention.
0: Not the killing of humans. That's the last straw. It's the corgis. A series of loud
1: bangs startle the sleeping corgi. Driving it out of its bed, the door opens and two people dressed in full hazmat suits enter the living room, one carrying a crowbar and another a yellow plastic bag. Quote, did the leader say we need to settle it right here on the spot? One of them can be, they probably said in Chinese though. One of them can be heard asking, yes, the other replies as he proceeds to move a table the corgi was hiding under and strike the animal on the head with a crowbar. Now this is gross. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like dogs. I don't, I'm not in favor of hurting. Any animals at all? Okay? I've, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but even, even insects. When, uh, when there is a fly in our house, my wife and I catch it in a cup and put it outside the door. I do not like ending anything's life unless it's a spider. Freaking hate those things. I would kill every single one of them if there was a button to do it. Mm. Okay? I would do that. Everything else, I don't like doing it. Spiders have an important role, too. I know though. they do, but... My safety trumps their important role <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in life. No, from snakes the, don't bother me. From the deadly wolf spider bite. Snakes, uh, Tom was asking the group, what about snakes? They don't bother me. Uh, one time, my... Uh, now Snakes m- freak me out. My wife but. does hate snakes, and there was one in the yard, and she made me kill it, you know? And um, I, lit- I, lit- I tear it up afterwards. I
0: felt so bad about it. It you know, shows you you'll do anything for love. I I know. Now I understand. Just like that small child now, that was running through your yard the other day. Now I understand how it went.
1: You know, in Germany back in the 40s. oh my god, <laughs> that was too far. That's way too far. That's too far. But guess what? It's not going to get taken out. Yeah, unlike that snake did, right? <laughs> The killing of the dog, which triggered a massive outcry on Chinese social media over the weekend, is the latest example of extreme measures taken by local authorities in China in pursuit of zero COVID. They were just praising China last week. I know. Amid, (laughs) Amid the outpouring of shock and anger, the dog's death has sparked heated debate about animal rights, as well as no shortage of reflection on just how far unchecked government power can be expanded during the pandemic at the expense of
0: individual rights. I am trying not to laugh because it, I love dogs and Step one of Stephanie's best friends has two corgis. Yeah. And they're so they're fun when we go over and visit, they jump on your lap and they're sweet as can be, and it's really sad. Especially the way that went out. Like that's a terrible way to go.
1: Yeah, that's taking really, a crowbar to the face
0: is one of the worst believe Someone could write this and not think the same thing about human beings.
1: It blows my mind. I'm going to read this little sentence again. The dog's death has sparked heated debate about animal rights, as well as no shortage of reflection on just how far unchecked government power can be expanded during the pandemic at the expense of individual rights. That's what
0: we've been saying the whole time.
1: The residential community where the dog lived is under lockdown due to a handful of confirmed COVID-19 cases. All residents were required to enter into government quarantine on Friday and were not allowed to bring their pets with them. Surveillance footage shows the corgi hit by a health worker with a crowbar. The owner surveillance footage, you know, in in the place where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, surveillance footage shows the corgi hit by a health worker with a crowbar. The owner claimed she was pressured by local authorities and her employer to delete her post. That's how it got out. She posted about this. The move has sparked fierce backlash from pet owners and sympathizers, while others see it as necessary sacrifice for the greater good of society,
0: arguing that human lives are more important than animals. Although they, there's no shortage of people wanting to, to bash other yeah. people over the head with a crowbar.
1: Yeah, for not taking their, their shots, mm-hmm. you know. But for some, there's another crucial question to be asked. Just how much more power has the government amassed in the name of COVID prevention at the cost of ind- individual rights and liberties? Go ahead, King. This is what's leading to it right now. This conversation about the dog, which I'm I am upset about, and it's gross. But this is what pushes CNN to talk about how much power the government's amassed in the name of code prevention at the cost of individual rights and liberties. Oh, this is
0: written. Was this written by Miltmore?
1: Moore? No, that's just the next thing in the in the oh, stack. Okay, sorry. Um, for, oh, we got to get back with him. He was going to be on the show. Wasn't able to do it. From the earlier killing of the three cats, there was a other killing of three cats, I'm sure that was national news, to today's killing well, of the dog. You don't care as much about cats. You don't care do as much about dogs. Yeah, so. Especially in China. It's getting worse and worse. To so-called debate around animal rights, the so-called debate around animal rights is merely camouflage. The issue at heart here has always been the wanton infringement of individual rights by the endlessly expanding state power. A comment on Chinese social media site, Duban, said, or duban <laughs> I don't know which one,
0: not Doberman,
1: oh, yeah, I didn't even see them get this upset about um <laughs> I didn't even see them get this upset about the whole dog thing with uh, you know n i h doing studies with that disgusting thing with the dogs um listen, I understand people being upset about the dogs, and I think that um I think that libertarians and people in general should point out more animal rights abuses as uh, a consequence of government action around the world. And we need to find more examples like this in the United States, because apparently that's where people on the left hit their breaking point. It's where they
0: lose their minds. That
1: is their line in the sand right there. That's the last straw. That is the straw that broke their CNN camel's back right there is this dog being killed for no reason. And so not all the other stuff, not people being forcefully quarantined, by the way. That's not, that's not what it is. If they would have been forcefully quarantined and the dog wouldn't have been killed, then CNN wouldn't have written this article about the government amassing so much power during the COVID pandemic.
0: But because that's what you should do. So really, we thank the dog
1: for its sacrifice to the media uh, so they would finally start talking about this you know
0: and we pray that the, the sweet baby corky dog yeah. gets a nice bed in heaven in the streets of doggy gold
1: we do we do yeah. we do pray that amen and a woman right there yeah okay if you guys find animal rights abuses by the government in your neighborhood then send me an email at gmail.com, because it's time to start fighting back against the tyrannical government this and is if it. and if they will only stand up for animal rights then God darn it, those are the rights we'll start talking about are the animal <laughs> rights that are being abused by the government. Okay? Amen. And Hallelujah. a woman. And a dog. Preach it. A dog. Okay, let's go. Preach it, King. That's all we got today. That's the story and we're sticking to it. Well, it's way to end on a sad note,
0: Nate. Um, I guess we have White Pill Wednesday coming up tomorrow for tomorrow's show. So if you guys are excited for some good news Wednesday, uh, we might have to throw in we might have to cut in with a written a house update. Just well, we depending. do have, we got Joe
1: and Norberg tomorrow. So, oh, yeah, that's um, right. That's going to be coming. Out. I don't know how we'll do it with the episode because I can't do it live while we're talking to him, um, thanks to your crazy idea to use all these nicer cameras. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it a whole lot harder to do that. Um, I don't know if I'm maybe going to do a short episode for the people on locals to start with during the day sometime. And then we'll just put out the Joe and Norberg episode as soon as it's ready, also. Because I do have a lot of white pill news. There's some good stuff. Yeah. Do you know that Republicans have introduced legislation to end the federal ban on marijuana? Really? Republicans in the House. Yeah. They're basically saying they're going to respect whatever the state's laws are. Gotcha. In the inside of this bill. That's uh that's a that's a change right that's there. That's a win. And that's a change in the right direction, no matter what you think about it. There's there's a lot of good medical things that can come from the stuff that they're mm-hmm. not able to study because of the federal ban on it. All right. So there's even good stuff on that side.
0: Hey, that's but, a way to transition over to the white pill stuff. There you go. That's a good thing. Yeah. We'll a conversation with John Nor- uh, Norberg tomorrow, which is exciting. So definitely get some really good news. You told me about his book.
1: Great book. Yeah. Progress.
0: Yeah. Or progress. Yeah, exactly. Whichever one.
1: You know, I was thinking it should be progress. Because mm-hmm. like, you're for it.
0: Yeah, I am like, pro progress. Mm-hmm.
1: Progress, like progress. You're not like I'm pro liberty, brah. Mm-hmm. You know that's not what you say. you Could
0: be if you're from California. Well, right? sure, I say that. That's fine, mm-hmm. but it, it would just be wrong. So I'm pro liberty, brah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See me, I'm <on> pro liberty. <laughs> Got it. All right, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, which I know that you did, then please, I'm begging you, to subscribe. To the show, Don't be part of the whore percent. Those folks Mm-mm. are walking around looking for their tent in their tent city. Yeah. Okay. Don't be that. Don't be like the Chinese government killing corgis and not subscribe to the show. That's okay? what those 4% people are doing. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're ag- they're against animals. And if you're for animals then you should hit that subscribe button or follow button and share the show with a friend. If you believe in animal rights, share the show with a friend. (laughs) If you don't, then clearly you're a dog and cat hater. Yeah. And we don't want you sharing the show anyway. We don't want you a part of it. We don't want you commenting. We want nothing to do with you. We are separating ourselves from the animal abusers. So if you're (laughs) not an animal abuser, then you will share this show with everyone, including the children
1: and anyone who doesn't share it will be presumed an animal abuser. Absolutely. That's they could I've already decided this. that in my yeah. heart. Yeah.
0: Okay. So share the show. Get <laughs> get other people on board. We're standing for animal rights. That's the number one issue, folks, that we're, that we're combating. And I think it's a wonderful cause to get behind, which means you should also sign up for the live group uh, and donate the $5 a month so that we can continue to fight these animal rights ab- ab- abuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing more important. There's nothing. It's not climate change. It's not vaccines. It's none of that. This is all about the corgis. Okay? So sign up, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Share the show. Leave us a rating and review if you guys do all of those things. We'll be back again tomorrow with Joe Norberg. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.